Welcome to the sermon podcast of Faith Lutheran Church in Oregon, Wisconsin, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ crucified and the promises of God that our faith clings to. For more information, visit us online at faithlutheranoregon.com. The secretary came into our classroom. She whispered something to our teacher, who turned on the TV. On screen was one of the Twin Towers up in flames. Just minutes later, we watched live as another plane flew into the second tower. School was called off by mid-morning. Parents rushed to pick up their kids, pick us up. I remember hearing on the radio in the car waiting for my sister that the fear was that Chicago was the next target. We lived just a couple of miles from two nuclear power plants on the shore of Lake Michigan, I think the two closest to Chicago. And the worry was that if a jet rammed into one of the nuclear plants, the fallout would be the entire uh, southern shore of Lake Michigan. We didn't know what to do. We were overwhelmed. Twenty years and two days ago, we thought we were in control. We were afraid of no one. But then four planes were hijacked and thousands of people in our own country were killed. What followed then was not so much strategic planning for the future or tomorrow, but hysteria, fear of being attacked, fear of our way of life being ended, fear of dying, fear of tomorrow, worry of tomorrow. And so maybe, maybe we turned not to God for help, but to war and power, or to war and power in the name of God. If only, if only we, we do this, if only we stamp out our enemies, then, then everything will be fine. And if I'm worried about tomorrow, about dying at the hands of, of terrorists who might come into my country, then, then we need to do whatever's possible at, at all costs to save lives. It's no wonder that we hear, still hear the same things being said today. The fear may be from different things, but right or left, we have this root issue of misplaced trust. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. Now, apart from that word mammon, which simply means the object of false trust, This statement seems obvious. It's the most obvious statement in all the Bible. You can't serve two masters. It's impossible. You'll always end up more devoted to the one than the other. We know it intellectually. We understand what the words mean. The problem is we don't actually believe it. It's like a 16-year-old kid who gets his license for the first time. He knows intellectually. He knows intellectually he's not invincible. But he doesn't drive like it. I know from experience. (laughs) And so on the one hand, we're reckless in thinking that that death or just bad things can't happen to us. But we're obsessively afraid of what happens when it does. We know intellectually that we don't need to be afraid of tomorrow. And we say all the time, I'm not afraid to die. But our behavior doesn't, act, doesn't indicate it. 
we act according to our faith, where our trust lies. We know one thing and we believe another. And we also believe it for others and not for ourselves. You know, it's very easy for us to look across the aisle at someone else and say, why aren't they trusting God more? It should be obvious. We think we're unique in our great trust. But we're not. And so we worry about tomorrow because we serve two masters. Serving one master, serving God alone, trusting God alone is more difficult than, than you think. In your family devotions this week, if you've been using uh, our, our, our families in the faith uh, devotion books uh, that are back there, uh, you've been reading the first commandment every day. We should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. And this is more than simply uh, not bowing down to an image of gold. That's easy. Rather, it's where we look when things get out of our control, whether it be a terrorist attack or an argument in my family. It's what we fear, it's what we love, and what we trust. Jesus uses two pictures, lilies and the birds, to symbolize clothing and food. Everything we naturally think is important, everything that we worry about, everything that we fear losing, everything that we love, everything that we trust, is wrapped up in these two things, clothing and food. Food allows us to keep our health, to stay alive, right? Clothing is not just about the stuff that we wear, but, but the things that we put on to, to make us attractive. Uh, to worry about clothing is to worry about our image, our relationships with other people, our reputations. And we say things all the time like, if only we had this, or if only we did that, then everything would be fine. But it's not ever. Because we're looking at the wrong thing. Our trust is in the wrong master. Who am I trusting for all these things? Me. Every other false god is, is simply an extension of ourself. You know, why don't we ever say, if only Jesus had died and forgiven all my sins, then everything would be all right. If only God loved me. If only God worked everything together for good instead of only some things. If only God drowned the old Adam in me so that I could live according to His will. If only Jesus would be physically present here in His body and blood here in front of me. But He is to all these things. But we look to other things. And so because we don't actually trust God, we don't fear God. And rather, we fear tomorrow. And this fear of tomorrow actually keeps us from living today. It's harmful for us because we're not trusting God for tomorrow, we're trusting me. And so everything depends on me. And we forget the order that God has established. We forget our vocation. We forget that God loves us more than he loves the flowers or the birds. And so we can spend a lot, of time, a lot of time worrying about things that we ought not to that are outside of our vocations. We can spend a lot of time worrying about terrorists coming into our country. We can spend time worrying about the origin of the virus. We can spend worrying about what the president tweeted 
or what some celebrity is wearing. Or we can spend time even worrying about good things, about, about our school or about our church, or thinking about what, what someone else ought to do about it or, or what we have to do to fix it. And all of these things can prohibit us from actually taking care of what God has entrusted to us. What God has actually given us to take care of our children and our wives. Those things that God has, has actually put in front of us and given us some, some level of control over. You know, there are professional futurists, uh, people who help other people prepare for the future. And they say somewhat ironically that the best way to prepare for the future is to take care of the present. You know, what do you want to have happen five or ten years from now? If you want to be able to run a marathon in, in five years, you start now. If you want to learn how to cook, you begin one recipe at a time now. And so think according to your vocation. Are you a parent? What do you want your children's future to be? Do you want them to be in the world and die a pagan, or do you want them to be in heaven with you? If you want your children in heaven with you, you start proclaiming the gospel now and living it. Are you an elder of this church? If you want the delinquent members of our congregation to actually come to church, you start calling them now. What is your vocation? What things has God put in front of you? But we can become incapacitated. Oh, I can't run a marathon. And so we, we don't do anything. We don't even start. Oh, I can't cook gourmet meals for my family. Oh, I can't ever get all my work done. I can't, I can't teach my kids everything they need to know. I don't, I don't know where to start in the Bible. And so we become incapacitated. Fear of tomorrow keeps us from living today and serving those whom God has given to us. The Bible and the church really have a finger on the heart of the issue. There's an old term for this fear of tomorrow and being incapacitated by it. Acedia, or Acadia, or another word for it is sloth. It's living hopelessly because you're in a constant state of anxiety over tomorrow. It's not, it's not laziness. It's not that we, we don't do things because we're lazy, but that we don't expect anything we do to make a difference. Now, this is a tough one for pastors. I wish that after preaching a sermon, sin would just magically stop. That's in my own life, <laughs> not even yours. And so we pastors think all the time, well, nothing I do is making a difference. Nothing works. But this temptation comes in the home, too. All my kids are fighting again. I just can't do anything right. Now, the solution of the secular world is self-reinforcement. Trust yourself. You have the power within to fix the world. As 9-11 showed us, we like to be in control. We try to control our safety through power. We try to control death through assisted suicide. We try to control how many kids we don't have through birth control. We think we're in control, but we're not. It's harmful if we think we do. And actually, it's such a blessing once we realize God is. Because we have exactly what God has given to us. We have exactly what God has entrusted us to take care of. 
And we have exactly what we need. This is true with children, it's having children, it's true with our spouse, it's true with our home, it's true with our church. God knows what we need more than we do. And he provides it. If only God would clothe the grass of the field, if only God would feed the birds, and he does, will he not graciously provide for you even more? If God did not spare his own son, will he not also graciously with him give you all things? Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. God has given you a kingdom. Your family is part of this kingdom. God loves them more than you do. God knows what is best for you more than you do. God works everything together for your good. God clothes the lilies and feeds the birds, and so he will for you. When life gets dark and scary, Jesus is with you. He's working in ways you can't even know. He's doing things you could not do. Tomorrow will take care of itself. God has given you today. And in Jesus, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Even if it seems to be the worst and most fearful day of your life, even if it's the day that you would die, praise God. Because it means your worries are over. And you actually get to be like the birds of heaven and be with your Father in heaven. Even if you don't know what tomorrow holds, God does. God knows what tomorrow holds, even if it's another terrorist attack, even if it's another pandemic, COVID-21. And still God tells you to not worry about it. Seek righteousness. In other words, seek Jesus. Pagans worry about and hunger and thirst for things in the world. And they'll always be worried and never content because they never have enough. But you do. And Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And where does Jesus feed us in a way that fully satisfies our deepest longings? Where does Jesus feed us to strengthen us in the faith, in faith toward him, and in fervent love toward one another? Where did Jesus feed us to give us power to actually do something? In his body and blood. And so come, lift up your hearts, lift them up above the problems of this world, the worries of tomorrow, and receive Jesus' own strength in order to make it through today. God has taken care of tomorrow, and the next, and the next, and the next. And through Jesus, gives you everything you need for today. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be forevermore. Amen.